Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Crypto's News on this fine Thursday, August 15th, 2020, where we talk about cryptocurrency news day in and day out to give you your daily fix of what is hot and what is not across the entire industry. It's a pleasure to have you guys back to fill you in on all sorts of details. We're going to be hitting uh, news related to Ripple and their investment. We're going to talk about uh, Craig Wright because it's been way too long, hasn't it? We're going to be talking about the markets and much more, so stay tuned till the very end. I think you're going to enjoy today's show. Uh, I've spent a lot of work putting it together, and I thank you guys for making it back day in and day out. So the fear and greed index today is at a 13, according to the official website, although we're going to be getting a new update very soon. Probably by the time you see this video around then, it's likely going to be higher because we had a nice little pop, what I call the short rectoning on Twitter in the past few hours. I pushed, pushed Bitcoin back over $10,300 when it was actually below $10,000 and back in the upper $9,000 regions yesterday. So the fear and greed index, since people always ask, well, how are they getting that? How are they making an index? It's uh, five factors, my friend. It is volatility, market momentum and volume, uh, social media, which is a heavy one there, <laughs> surveys and dominance slash trends. All of these are pretty reasonable factors, I'd say, to, to kind of get a an idea of how the market is feeling, of whether people are super greedy or super fearful. But you have to realize that when uh, there is extreme fear in the market, a lot of the crypto OGs, which by the way stands for original gangsta, they usually uh, act in extreme greed, quite the opposite than the average retail person. So these uh, Bitcoin, for example, you know, when somebody is selling them, there always has to be somebody buying them. And we did get quite a pop. Uh, and this happens because, you know, I've seen it time and time again, more experienced people do buy those dips, especially when the general trend, my friend, has been on the up and up. And according to the block, uh, the publication site's director of research, Larry Shermack, there are actually a lot of whales who bought this recent dip when he said, interestingly, according to Coinbase's data, 67% of customers with large BTC holdings, top 10%, are actually buying rather than selling over the last 24 hours. So I'm not gonna tell you guys any sort of specific financial advice, what to do, mostly opinions shared on this show. But you know, if those whales are buying the dip, that information could be of interest to you in the future, at least until the old panic again settles into the stomach. Hey, caramba. <laughs> so Monero, there is a new Monero malware that is being dubbed Norman. It's been spotted in the wild. And it's this new kind of malware that is very crafty in its approach. It's a new kind of one in the crypto space and uh, probably one that most of us have not heard of before. So uh, this malware is just like most of the other malware from Monero. It mines Monero in the background without your being awares. And these have been around for quite some time, most notably after we began to realize that the Pirate Bay was mining Monero in the background they disclosed while you were on the website. So data security firm Veronis got called into some medium-sized security, uh, some medium-sized company, they said, and they found a plethora of different things stating that almost every server and workstation was infected with malware most were generic variants of crypto miners some were password dumping tools some were hidden php shells and some had been present for several years 
dear lord, I'd love to learn the name of the company that did this. I'm sure there's a lot of them that are out there infected, exposing our, our information or their own information in many different ways. Uh, honestly, this is frankly frightening that this can happen. But anyway, luckily they called in Veronis, who found Norman, which was kind of different in the way that it concealed itself as a malware. Even even it went so far as to disable itself if you open up task manager to see what processors are consuming the most CPU processing power which Monero utilizes for mining with this kind of software. So the mining pools that the software was purportedly pointing to had already disabled the addresses that it was mining to. Uh, they were not, they were blocked from accessing the pool. So likely that limited any sort of profitability from the infected devices anyway. So also furthermore, the exploit seems to have been stuck on an await command loop from central headquarters, whereby, you know, the attackers could remotely con control computers. But as of the time of a Coindesk article that came out covering this, there were yet to be any reports of commands that came in to the software. So anyway, Norman's payload has two primary functions. It executes its XMR rig based crypto miner and it avoids detection. After injection, it overwrites its entry in explore.exe uh, to conceal evidence of its presence. It also stops operating the miner when the PC user opens task manager, re-injecting itself once the task manager is not running. Very crafty. Nice. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. And also the XFL file that was found uh, seemed to have been using a French version of WinRAR. So this doesn't necessarily help us too much in figuring out where the users were because obviously French is one of the most popular languages in the world. It's spoken in many different countries and by many different people who are living in different countries. So that doesn't necessarily help us. But you should be aware that, you know, you need to be protect yourself, to, to protect yourself. And one of the best ways to do that is to be aware. If your computer starts running slowly, it starts uh, exhibiting new unfamiliar behaviors, sending off operations you're not used to, opening up apps strangely or showing you more ads than usual that just pop up. You should immediately as, be as paranoid as, as I am and uh, start troubleshooting. If you find that troublesome, right, the internet exists there. There's always, you know, if, if you find something weird, just Google it. There's really no excuse in this day and age and not to figure it out. But either way, you should contact a professional or trusted associate or family member or friend if something like this comes up where you start seeing these new kind of strange behaviors or computer running slowly when you're not running any sort of app slower than it might have, especially if it just happens over like a day period because this could be a signal that you might be infected and any sort of crypto that you have on there could be also vulnerable as well, besides the fact that they're slowing down your computer in order to be mining over some Monero for nobody because it's blocked. Well, God do whistle. Anyway, the the Bitcoin dominance is rather high. And many people that are holding altcoins are wondering, is there going to be a reversal now that we're around that 80%, 78 to 80% region for Bitcoin dominance relative to the altcoin market cap uh, rate that we see on coin market cap? What we do know is that there is a trend of Bitcoin's dominance dropping over time. You can draw a line where it has definitely dropped since its inception. But we have to ask why this has been the case throughout the years. So is it because, you know, the pairs that are trading against Bitcoin just deserve some love every now and then? Maybe. But perhaps what occurred in 2017 can give us a bigger clue since we got a huge, sharp drop in dominance for Bitcoin. And likely it's because creating tokens became a lot of 
a hell of a lot easier thanks to Ethereum's smart contract functionality that have made it easy for pretty much anyone to run an ICO, an ICO, an ICO. I guess those are going to be coming up, right? An initial Zoink offering. <laughs> oink. Wow, that's his current favorite toy, an oink. Maybe we'll call it Zoink. I don't know where he is right now. Anyway, <laughs> Wallace. Anyway, so um, those ICOs very easily minted new tokens. And obviously, those might have sapped some market cap away from Bitcoin and other assets in a big way, pushing that trend down. Now that it was so easy to create a token, the new, easy, uh, the new ease that Ethereum created meant that substantial capital was seeking to invest in this new blockchain asset class. And after missing out on those post, uh, those sweet post happening gains from Bitcoin, they were trying to find something that would give them and rival those Bitcoin gains that they had heard about in the papers. Anyway, uh, previous declines in market cap could be attributed to, attributed to either uh, to other tokens being created really prior to Ethereum. So while we saw that there was this general downtrend and then the sharp one, a really sharp one in 2017, there was still this general downtrend. And this is because you saw that there were other tokens that were being created prior to Ethereum when Ethereum made it a lot easier. So likely that is what played a role in that gradual decline in the dominance of Bitcoin. But that sharp drop in dominance in 2017 kind of lets us know that maybe just the fact that we saw over 2,000 coins on coin market cap suddenly like out of nowhere, that was part, at least due in parts of the reason that we saw this drop in dominance. Um, anyway, and, and what we're seeing now, however, and if you're going to be thinking about this moving forward here and whether you're going to see a huge rise in all altcoins in the future, you have to realize that the creation of new tokens has slowed substantially since that period due to global regulatory uh, pursuit and issues around the world. So there are a lot less ICOs, and it's very difficult for an American to get involved these days since companies that are incorporated overseas from here, even in the United States, are scared to take any customers from the U.S., so they just don't, and they do KYC on everybody. Know your customer verification because they don't want to face the legal ramifications of not having done so and served U.S. customers. And uh, we're seeing more and more of this siloing of ICOs around the world, meaning less capital that flows easily bet between different jurisdictions and less overall tokens out there taking market cap from Bitcoin. So we're pro probably right now, I posit, returning to that kind of mean of a gradual decline in Bitcoin's total market cap. So perhaps the best advice, uh, advice that you should have right now is caution because you do not know if your altcoin uh, alternative to Bitcoin is going to rally before it gets 51% attacked, <laughs> before it gets delisted off various exchanges for, for low liquidity, or they run out of funds to continue to develop their project further. So there is still substantial risk in your portfolios if you're, if you're holding something that's not Bitcoin that you should be considering. And who was it that said that about investing, who said that if you're having fun uh, investing, you're not doing it right? Investing should be boring. Was that Ray Dalio? Was that Warren Buffett? I don't know. Well, maybe they should buy some crypto. Although on second thought, that may be way too much fun for them. Being able to move money around uh, quickly and borderlessly. What are, are we dreaming here? That would be way too much fun. Let's just stick to wire transfers, Swift and Coca-Cola stock, right? Right? A different kind of IRS letter is arriving in people's mailboxes. 
we're hearing. So we're hearing about this new kind of letter that is actually a lot more specific in what is being owed to the Internal Revenue Service that collects taxes here in the United States. Uh, it's very specific in the amounts they want settled to them based on misreported trades in 2017, which was the year that Coinbase issued 1099Ks, a kind of form letting people know, uh, usually merchants actually, what is to be owed to the IRS based on what they figured out, right? So people got those letters and some people, for example, said that they, on when they did their taxes, they earned the zero dollars in 2017. Although if you were in crypto, I highly doubt that at any point in 2017, you didn't earn nothing. People who didn't report anything, basically. They did their taxes, they didn't report nothing. And then, you know, besides them getting a copy of what is owed, the Coinbase also gave, gave that to the government. And so the government kind of knows what is owed. And uh, they're going after those easy to pick people first, besides just the warning letters that other people that we were talking about in this channel that you might have heard of, or maybe even got one, which were basically warning letters that were like, we know you have crypto, just check all your stuff again. And if you did it wrong back then, or in any years prior, then consider amending before, uh, you know, this goes further. But for some people now, they're getting this new CP2000 letter that just says, hey, uh, we think you owe $13,000. Now, you don't necessarily have to go ahead and send that to them right away. This kind of form, that the 1099K, is normally used by merchants, and it might be even taking things like deposits and withdrawals and considering those as having sold, and everything could be very, very wrong. So you might want to cons uh, consider contacting a professional or someone who helped you out with doing your taxes back then before you go ahead and pay this if you think that you did the right thing. And they do want a response in 30 days from these individuals whether you agree to pay or not and instead are willing to provide documentation validating your own case and having done things properly austin woodward uh said that the irs may in fact and that's austin woodward of tax bit shout out who said that in fact they may not have uh that the IRS is probably overestimating what is owed and it may not accurately reflect, reflect what you do in fact owe. But anyway, I want to give many thanks to Joker Crypto, well, Joker Crypto, spelled J-O.K.R.R-Y-P-T-O on Twitter, who responded in a comment on my page who said CP2000s, the one that is asking for specific settlement amounts right now, are generally automated when reports from an institution do not match filed paperwork. It's not personal or targeted. I received one and without much effort, proved my case and owed zero. Don't panic, people. One page letter and supported documents and you will be fine. So anyway, I'm going to have a poll of the day here. Did you receive any sort of letter from the IRS? Let me know above by clicking on that card. Anyway, as we continue here, Judge Bloom, there's this case going on between Craig Wright and the Climbing Estate. And Craig Wright, his motion to dismiss the case has been denied by Judge Bloom right now. She doesn't believe Wright's testimony is sufficient and that the submitted evidence is extremely and that the submitted evidence is extremely speculative in this case where Ira Kleiman, Kleiman's brother, alleges that Wright, Craig Wright, has transferred 1.1 million Bitcoin, I think that's like $14 billion, no, I'm sorry, $11 billion under his control through fraudulent contracts, emails, and business relationships. This lawsuit was first filed in 2018. Anyway, there have been a, a litany of different lawsuits that Craig Wright has been involved with 
Most recently, the one where he had a lawsuit against Roger Ver, the ex-CEO of Bitcoin.com, where he said that Roger was libeling him, basically slandering him through writing and saying that he was not that he was a fraud, that Craig Wright is a fraud when Craig Wright says, you know, my character is being attacked here. I am Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, and the uh, case was tossed away as there was not enough evidence that Roger Ver, having labeled him a fraud, was causing Wright to have any sort of serious, substantial monetary loss at all. Anyway, uh, so what's interesting here is that in this new update in the Kleiman versus Wright case, Judge Bloom notably quotes Sir Walter Scott's Marmion, who said, oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. Ouch. <laughs> okay, so while I firmly believe that Bitcoin is a safe haven asset, you know, from all these want, all this wanton central bank inflation and a race to the bottom. And, uh, and by inflation, I don't necessarily mean, you know, seeing higher prices and the quoted inflation rates. I mean them literally printing more money. I think that it's a safe hedge from that. And I do believe that the risky banks have serious issues coming down the pipeline when it comes to capitalization, having money in the bank. Um, there is one individual who is Travis Kling, who is a former LS Equities Portfolio Manager who currently runs Ikigai Fund, a crypto asset investing fund, who doesn't think that Bitcoin is currently playing a role as a safe haven asset. When he said on Twitter that uh, he does not see Bitcoin acting in this manner currently. Lots of talk about BTC as a safe haven at, uh, lately. Hasn't acted like that the last few days. Why? Could be crypto-specific market structure issues. We see those right now. Could also be BTC is strong enough to act as a safe haven to an extent and for certain types of stress, but not all. It's like maybe BTC is strong enough to swim the pool right now, but not in the ocean. In the big boys club of global currencies. Maybe BTC can act as a safe haven when the VIX, the volatility index, goes from 12 to 17, but acts uh, risk on above 17. Maybe BTC can rally with gold when it's about tariffs, but not when it's about global growth slowdown. So he also said in a comment to someone else, one instance doesn't make a market. May, may just be that the crypto market is doing its thing. But you got to watch closer right now. BTC is attempting to shift from a risk on to a risk off asset, which is pretty incredible and historic. So it's worth close analysis. So granted, yeah, if Bitcoin was already globally perceived as a safe haven asset, it may already have had a much higher market cap recently. But I agree with him there. We're not necessarily there just yet. But damn, if personally, I don't think that over the next few years, uh, we're going to get closer to that perception. The central banks really have no long term plan, and they certainly don't for you as an individual, so you need to have your own plan. Everyone should take the time to read between the lines and see behind the beyond the veil, maybe buy Bitcoin, or look into it at least, right? All I'm saying, everyone should do some research. So, you know, as a content creator, someone who makes his almost entire livelihood from YouTube, I always have this nagging fear that, you know, you could lose your channel and pretty much your entire livelihood in just one instant. For instance, uh, most recently, I, I have not been able to live stream here on this channel. It's been about a three-month punishment that that is 
pose a significant financial burden on me as an individual because I rely on the centralized platform that is YouTube. I'm not gonna go over the details of why that happened, how that happened on this video, just again, but you should know that there's pretty much no way to appeal a copyright issue, even if, like for example, I have no copyright strike, when the algorithm, the system, basically automatically suspends your functionality. And uh, that is a major problem. Even if you think it's a mistake, the copyright issue, it's not very easy or uh, cost effective to try to fight that. So I'm always, I, I, I'm not the only content creator who pretty much uh, risks it all by hosting most of our content on centralized platforms like YouTube. And most of us are looking for other ways, like you know the Brave platform, shout out to you guys who always donate my way. Uh, and, and we're looking for things like Steemit, decentralized social media to help us out. Shout out to Steemit, gonna have their 21st hard fork coming up very soon where they're gonna be transitioning to a DAO-like system, decentralized autonomous, organization organism organism that seeks to you know self-govern itself in a less centralized manner but anyway ripple's investment arm xspring has given 265 million dollars in xrp or about one billion one billion dollars to this company called coil a content platform who's already in business so this is a uh, very promising suite of functionalities and and sites they hope to build of social media payment applications that could very well take away some of the power from the more privacy parasitic platforms that most users around the world are currently using so the way it works is that, uh, and that's Coil specifically, as subscribing fans view content, Coil uses an, a an open API called web monetization to stream mi micropayments to creators in real time. Web monetization is built on the Interledger protocol, which was co-created by Coil's uh, CEO, Stephen Thomas, who was also the former CTO of Ripple. So uh, Ripple's X-Spring also participated in a $4 million seed round of Coil. So they definitely have a substantial stake in the company Coil, Ripple that is. So the CEO said that advertising and site-by-site -site subscription models are ready for disruption. The low cost and fast transaction of XRP makes it an ideal tool for Coil to offer an alternative monetization method and have a positive impact on creators. So as many of you are also aware, Ripple is currently on an ongoing investigation by the SEC and Ripple is allegedly bracing to feel the wrath of the Securities and Exchange Commission, according to Cointelegraph in an article that they put out there. So you should be aware of potential problems when it comes to tokens value in the future, if you are going to be investing, just putting that out there. But anyway, there is no KYC, so no account verification process you have to go through if you want to withdraw in the low monthly limited XRP token out of the platform after earning some for sharing, for example, a blog, a link, or a YouTube video. But if you do want to be able to draw, withdraw unlimited funds, you can do so via PayPal. There's a flat $3 minimum fee, but you are gonna have to do KYC information to get that out there. Granted, a lot of people are not gonna wanna do that, but I think the monthly limit to withdraw XRP is only 1,000, so that's quite low. Um, anyway, so the subscription service on Coil is gonna be a $5 flat fee, um, which is not that bad, which allows 
subscribers to get exclusive featured content on whoever they subscribe to. They can tip content creators. And if you're a content creator, blogger, or otherwise, and you really don't like XRP, just remember you can still gain from the platform by just easily trading the earned XRP or US dollars for something else elsewhere. So I, this should be of value to you if you're a, crypto, uh, a, a content creator in general. Anyway, uh, there is someone who's actually making $3,500 dollars a month actually more than one person already using coil so definitely wanted to give a shout out to you guys who are looking for new ways to get revenue and new outlets for that either way um i, I went ahead and signed up i tried i did it to go ahead and test it out to talk about this video very easy to do and it always pays to claim your username and uh, sign up for some of these er uh, services early on before somebody else does it for you, especially if you already have a kind of brand. So I went ahead and claimed crypto. I would love if you guys followed me. Why not? If you guys are going to be checking it out and try and testing it out. Um, and uh, they also, Coil has invested $20 million of their own dollars to of their own money in order to fund something called Cinnamon, which is going to be hosting videos as an alternative to hopefully YouTube and Twitch, as they're saying. They're going to be rivaling those platforms while cutting out advertising. So YouTube, they said Cinnamon, that is, YouTube has a massive first mover advantage, but its continued dominance is not guaranteed. It relies on traditional means of financing, which involves annoying advertising that takes place directly over the video that you're attempting to watch. Cinnamon, on the other hand, will opt for a coil-financed approach where subscribers may be able to bypass this advertising. It's difficult to predict how quickly a site like Cinnamon could build a customer base. However, sometimes new video sites end up growing very quickly in a short amount of time. Nice, nice shill there. <laughs> if a team is able to confront scaling challenges and keep pace with customer expectations, their new applications could be go viral. That's what they said. Could be go viral. Like some of the videos that may be posted by its content creators. Anyways, what's best for you, you know, as a user, as a trader, as a speculator or content creator will naturally be what you gravitate to, I've come to firmly believe. And uh, in this industry, uh, I'm sometimes called out for shilling various things. Like, uh, right now, I'm I'm shilling Ripple by talking about this, actually, by even sharing that news on Twitter. But I'll remind people that, above all, I'm just seeking to remain objective and uh, not let my own personal biases impact my goal, which is to always share opportunities that could that are developing in the crypto sphere, so you guys can do what's right for you. Just saying. Anyways. Onwards. Let me know what you guys think about that. Anyway, Beam has hard forked. Beam is a mimble wimble privacy centric, what a mouthful coin out there, uh, which is in contrast to Grin has a completely different approach. Today they had their first ASIC, which are uh, application specific integrated circuits, uh, hard fork. So these ASICs are basically very specialized chips that work in order to perform a specific function or set of functions. For example, with this mining beam that get developed, but sometimes can give a, a better hand when it comes to mining uh, relative to other devices that could keep things more decentralized since pretty much anybody can walk into Best Buy or Walmart and buy a graphics card, but not everybody can walk into Best Buy or Walmart or Target and buy themselves an ASIC chip to mine beam with, right? So um, that's kind of the idea behind these hard forks 
which we've seen, for example, Monero do, to hard fork them away so that they cannot be used anymore. So the CTO Alex Romanov said the new algo Beamhash 2 is about 30% more efficient than Beamhash 1. In the fork, we have also added support for Laser Beam, Lightning Network version in Beam. We have also added mandatory proof of work for SBBS messages and mandatory fee depending on amount of outputs and kernels. So this hard fork occurred just a few hours after there was a small donation given to Grin from the Beam team and the Beam Foundation, and apparently they're friends. They're 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 actually really close friends. They're not completely competitive, which is nice to hear. And going forward, the foundation, according to Romanov, is going to be featuring things that are more consumer-centric rather than miner-centric, such as atomic swaps, confidential asset development, hardware wallet integration with Trezor, and general wallet improvement. So maybe you know, in this hot LA summer. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Did you guys check that out? It's pretty good. Pretty good. I enjoyed it. Saw it yesterday with Elle. But anyway, um, it's hot. But I might have to turn on my rig again. I was previously mining Beam, but I might be able to pump out more hashes after this new hard fork. So it's one of the more profitable coins that is out there, having done my research just, I don't know, two or three months ago when I decided to turn my rig back on. And that was a coin that I found that was more profitable. And likely, if you're running a personal rig yourselves, it could be a go-to. So there's some good resources out there, what to mine, CryptoCompare.com, so you can see what works best for you. If you're considering getting in the mining game, the amount of guides that the community has produced for Beam and other coins has just exploded, especially most recently for Beam and Grin that are rather new tokens. So I'm sure you'll be able to easily get uh, started with that kind of thing if you're just starting to, to learn about this. And it might be worth it might be worth looking into if you're somewhere where electricity is reasonably cheap, which is unfortunately not here in Los Angeles. Our quote of the day is that if everything seems under control, you're not going fast enough. That's Mario Andretti. So hopefully that resonates in some area of your life. If you really like, if, if it seems, I like that that word is in there, if it seems like it's under control, because we like this illusion of security and control in our lives, but maybe we should be focusing on speed. Stay safe. Don't drink and speed and stay cryptic. I love you guys. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to hit that subscribe button down below and ring the bell if you like notifications on a daily basis when we do these shows. And I love you guys. Stay cryptic. Peace.